Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, and welcome back to ACRAC. I'm Jed Wolpaw, and today we're just going to do kind of a mini episode, and I'll tell you why. It's because I did a couple episodes ago, as you probably know, an episode on CRNAs, and I talked with our chief CRNA, Andy Benson, about his career path, how he got where he is, and then we also talked about ways that CRNAs and MDs, be it residents or attendings, can work together in a mutually beneficial way. What I realized later that I left out completely is I didn't discuss at all AAs or anesthesia assistants. And the reason that I didn't discuss AAs at all is because we don't have AAs here at Hopkins, and I believe we don't have them in Maryland at all. And so I actually am completely unfamiliar with anesthesia assistants. But the way this came to my attention is really interesting. There is a really wonderful person out there named Shirley Lee, and she is an anesthesia assistant student at Case Western Reserve University, the branch that's actually in Houston. And she listens to my show, and she listened to the episode on CRNAs, and then she wrote to me. Now, I want to just take a minute to point out that in this age of social media and all the anonymity that people can have online, you would imagine that it's very likely, and believe me, I have experienced it, that if someone is uh, upset, they don't tend to express that uh, feeling, at least when they're online or on their social media accounts, in all that respectful a way. At least not everybody does. It's certainly not uncommon to, uh, to see it done otherwise. So you could imagine that if you were, like Shirley, an anesthesia assistant student, and you listen to this podcast, and you know you have some respect for the podcast, and then you hear this episode on uh, CRNAs, and your own prof- chosen profession isn't even mentioned at all, as if it didn't exist, you might write a fairly angry or upset or accusatory email to the founder and host of that podcast. But I have to say that Shirley did nothing of the kind. She wrote me the most respectful, kind, thoughtful email, and it was just really striking. It really, in an age where that isn't always done, really made me pay attention to what she had to say and in some way restored my faith uh, in the online humanity uh, of our world today. 
So thank you, Shirley. I really appreciate everything that you did to open my eyes to this whole other world of uh, mid-level provider in terms of anesthesia assistance. Now, for all I know, there may be some politics out there, anesthesia assistants, CRNAs, physicians, all of that. As I said in the episode on CRNAs, we're not getting into that at all. The point of this mini episode is really just going to be to share with you what Shirley shared with me so that if you are curious, uh, as I was, about what an anesthesia assistant is, or if you're out there thinking about maybe getting involved in anesthesia, you should know that this is an alternative path. There, there really are three paths, as it turns out. You can go to medical school and uh, do a residency in anesthesia and be an anesthesiologist. You can be a nurse, an ICU nurse, then go to CRNA school and be a CRNA. Or as it turns out, you can choose to go this path that Shirley is taking and be an anesthesia assistant. So what Shirley has shared with me is that there are about 12 anesthesia assistant schools in the United States. She goes again to the Case Western branch in Houston. There are about 12 schools um, and probably more to come. And the biggest difference between uh, the CRNA path and the anesthesia assistant path in terms of prerequisites is that you don't need to have a background in nursing to be an anesthesia assistant. So uh, Shirley has told me that most people uh, who want to go into AA school come from a science background. They may have done pre-med or they may have done another science degree in college, and they then decide to pursue a master's degree in anesthesia assistant uh, school. So it's a master's degree level program. As, uh, as you heard from the CRNA program, many are, although the CRNA programs are now moving more towards doctorates. But regardless, the AA programs uh, end up with a master's. And uh, you, you, have no, you don't need to have ever been a nurse or have a degree in nursing. And you don't have to have been an ICU nurse or anything like that. You do, it sounds like, have to take either the MCAT, which is the exam in this country that people take to get into medical school, or uh, Shirley thinks in some circumstances the GRE, which is the grad school admission test, may also be accepted. So Shirley pointed out that for her, because she had studied biochemistry and biotechnology, if she wanted to be a CRNA, she would have had to go back, do a degree in nursing, become a nurse, then go to CRNA school, whereas she could just uh, take the MCAT and then go straight into anesthesia assistant school uh, without having to do any additional uh, undergraduate degree. She has another friend who was a nurse, but not an ICU nurse, and so decided to do anesthesia assistant school because she didn't want to have to spend a year or two as an ICU nurse before then applying to CRNA school, and anesthesia assistant school allowed her just to take her uh, background in nursing and go straight into anesthesia assistant school. So those are kind of the differences in terms of prerequisites and how, how you get in and what your thought process might be. If you're already an ICU nurse, maybe it makes sense for you to just apply to CRNA school since you've already got the prerequisites, but if you aren't and you you don't want to go that path, you do have this option. I should point out that Shirley told me that in addition to the kind of standard pre-med courses, anatomy and physiology are also required for anesthesia assistant school. It's always, of course, interesting that the pre-med requirements don't include that. Uh, and I know there's always been a lot of talk over whether uh, we should be revamping pre-medical requirements, whether things like organic chemistry uh, are really optimal or whether something like anatomy might be better in terms of preparation for medical school. But that aside, you do need those for anesthesia assistant school. Most programs are 27 months, but some, like Shirley's, uh, are 24 months. And it sounds like a fairly intense curriculum. The first year uh, you have, it sounds like, about three days of clinic, one day of sim lab, one day of classes. And by the second year, you're actually five days a week in, in the OR doing clinical work and then still taking classes uh, in the evenings, either by video link or in person. So pretty intense, uh, a lot of work. And the classroom component includes the things that you would imagine, so... 
pharmacology, physiology, reading EKGs, how to do pre-ops, all the kind of stuff that you would imagine. I'm sure it's probably a relatively similar curriculum to a CRNA school. Classes are taught either by other anesthesia assistants or by anesthesiologists, some in person and some via video link, at least at Shirley's school. So after you're, or I guess as you're getting ready to finish the February before you graduate, uh, if you are in AA school, you take a national board exam, and then you have to pass what's called the CDQ exam. That stands for Continued Demonstration of Qualification every six years and have to complete uh, 40 hours of continuing medical education every two years. So like a physician, and I actually didn't ask Andy about this, but I would assume CRNAs have some similar requirement of an ongoing maintenance of certification and ongoing um, CME credit that's um, continuing medical education credit that you need in order to maintain your certification. Now, in terms of practice setting, I guess the one big difference between CRNAs and anesthesia assistants is that some states allow CRNAs to work uh, alone, meaning to provide care without being part of a, a team, including an anesthesiologist, where anesthesia assistants are always work as part of a care team with an anesthesiologist a physician. So that's one big difference. Um, how that plays out in reality, I actually don't have a good feel for. Certainly here at Hopkins, we don't have anesthesia assistants or at all, and we don't have CRNAs practicing alone. So I don't know how that looks on the ground. If you are listening and you do know, uh, feel free to leave a comment, and we can all learn from what you have to say. Now, in my mind, uh, that's just a summary. I'm sure there's more out there. I will put a website. Um, it's aaaa.memberclicks.net slash FAQS. That's a website Shirley sent me that's got some interesting facts about anesthesia assistance. If you want to check that out, and I'll put that in the show notes. But I will say that in my mind, uh, regardless of whether we're talking about physicians anesthesia, working with anesthesia assistants or physicians working with CRNAs, this is all the same kind of stuff that Andy and I talked about. It's really about respect for physicians out there who are going to be in these leadership roles, and that's including CA3 residents who are taking on these leadership roles, learning how to be a leader of a team that includes CRNAs or in another state might include anesthesia assistants, or whether you're finished and you're an attending who's leading these teams. It's really important to do this in a leadership style that is respectful, something like serving leadership, which is what we use here, and Andy and I discussed that, so that everyone on the team feels like they are respected, like they are empowered to play that important role that they have. When you're talking about caring for a patient in such a vulnerable environment like we do in the operating room, you need your whole team to be on board and to feel like their concerns, their preferences, what's important to them was heard, and everybody can feel good about the plan moving forward or else you're not going to be able to provide good patient care. And I think that applies no matter who we're talking about, CRNAs, anesthesia assistants, and attending working with residents, whoever it may be, we want to be respectful. We want to lead in a way that is a serving leadership model so that everyone feels like they are being treated as an important member of the team, like they're being treated as a person and not a thing, and that they're empowered to play a role in giving the best possible care they can. And I do want to say that Shirley made sure to point this out. In fact, she said to me in her email that she has, quote, the highest respect for CRNAs and that she's not trying to vouch for one over the other, meaning CRNAs over anesthesia assistants. So she really thinks this is about people finding whichever path works for them. Depending on your background, depending on your interest, you may decide to go one way or the other, and she has nothing but respect for everybody out there and the choices that they make. So, Shirley, again, thank you for the respectful way that you contacted me. Thanks for all the great information. I hope we got some good information out there for folks who might want to think about being an anesthesia assistant, and I hope that 
We continue to emphasize that whatever letters come after your name, you are deserving of respect and you can work together in a model that will be respectful for everyone. And physicians out there, you can lead in a way that will be respectful for everyone and we can provide really excellent care to patients no matter where we are or who is a part of our team. All right. Go to the website, ACRAC.com, A-C-C-R-A-C.com. Let us know what you think. Are you an AA student out there or are you an anesthesia assistant in practice? Let us know if we've covered the most important parts or if there's anything out there that you think other people should know. If you leave a comment on the website, others can learn from you as well. Of course, you can get a hold of me at ACRAC at ACRAC.com. And if you are a fan of the show, consider going to iTunes and leaving a comment and a rating. It helps others find the show. If you want to support the making of the show, go to patreon.com slash ACRAC. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash A-C-C-R-A-C, where you can become a patron of the show. Even just a dollar or two makes a big difference, and we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. For the ACRAC podcast, I'm Jed Wolpaw. Remember, what you're doing out there every day is really important and valued. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.